Blog Talk Radio. Luke Hawks 
is going to be joining the show tonight. A little excited about that. Controversial, outspoken, uh, has done it all out there on the indie scene, talking to him. And uh, this Sunday, Tugboat, Fred Ottman is going to be joining us this Sunday, so be sure to come and check that out. Uh, another big event that we here at the Ken Reedy Show are very proud of, uh, May 31st, the Peppermill South. Write it down. Get your pens out right now. The Peppermill South. Congress, New York, 8 to 12, 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. We sponsor Tap Out Cancer. Uh, this will be a benefit night where all proceeds, uh, I can say all proceeds from the raffles and 20% of food and drink will be going to the American Cancer Society Relay for Life in Rockland County. Uh, good cause, uh, cause dear to my heart. I've been involved with the Relay for Life for years. Uh, so we figured, why not do a fundraiser centered around wrestling? So we're going to be putting up some pictures pretty soon on the Facebook and uh, the website of some of the stuff we're going to be raffling off uh, that night. But we got a boatload of autographed uh, pictures. Uh, we got an action figure that uh, Nunzio, little Guido, uh, you know, ECW original legend, uh, for us. So you can come and. Buy a raffle ticket, maybe win that. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff for the raffles. And again, 20% of food and drink going to the American Cancer Society. So the way the evening's going to set up is we're just going to be hanging out watching wrestling. I mean, it's just that easy. Come on down. We're going to watch SmackDown from 8 to 10 o'clock. You know, hang out for an hour, and then we're going to watch uh, NWA on fire or, or wrestling on fire, whatever direction that happens to be going in. Uh, we'll be watching that at 11 o'clock, 11 to 12 o'clock, so it's going to be a night to just uh, really just hang out and watch wrestling. It's just going to be a fun night for wrestling fans to hang out. So that's going on on May 31st, So that's all the things we got going on. Got a lot of things happening uh, in the not-too-distant future, uh, close to that being Luke Hawks to join us in a little bit. But as always, got my tag team partner on the line on this Tuesday edition of the Ken Reedy Show Dave, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, you know, just looking forward to another night of uh, talking wrestling, and uh, hopefully, uh, and hopefully now this, uh, you know, uh, I'm stumbling over my words here. We don't go off the tracks like we did Sunday night. Yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty amazing. We, you know, start talking some wrestling, uh, but we. You know, again, like when you go come out of Sunday's show, and if you didn't listen to Sunday's show, go back, check out the archives, because it was a great show. It was a fun show. We, we kind of went off the rails a little bit, a little bit with that show. But in all fairness to us and, and the show, I mean, when you see a 300-pounder in uh, Dolph Ziggler shorts, it, it has the potential to throw anything uh, off the track. So uh, we did have an outline. We had a pre-show meeting. We had stuff we were going to discuss, and I think that news story uh, coming out of the news, Dave, when you reported on that, uh, kind of threw us off a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit, but uh, you know, it's uh, it, it kind of made for must-hear radio, I guess, for some of our listeners. So that, that I guess that's a good thing. It was fun stuff. So I'm not, I'm much, you know, it, it's a little unusual. It's a little, you know, out of the box. But whatever, that's what we do here. We kind of we like to. Change things up a bit. So this is a you know is a different. It's a lot of these wrestling shows out there, radio shows, podcasts, that kind of all do the same thing. We we like changing it up and give you something different. So even though it's a, it's a Tuesday day after Raw, 
Um, you know, we, we got Extreme Rules coming up on Sunday, and on Sunday we're going to do a full-on Extreme Rules pregame. So we were thinking tonight in our pre-show meeting, you know, again, being a little unusual, a little out of the box, we're going to lead with a little TNA conversation because we had a bunch of stuff we wanted to talk about on Sunday. We didn't get to it, and we want to hit some TNA. Um, interesting stuff going on in TNA. You know, it seems like every month or so, like, things are changing in TNA. There's controversy. There's there's stuff going on, and we want to kind of hit some of the things going on over there in TNA. And um, we're going to talk about some of the storylines and, and some of the stuff we saw on Impact Uh but one major uh, incident that is spilled over, if you will, uh, into real life is uh, this uh, Christy Hemi Austin Aries controversy uh, that that uh, started on Impact this past Thursday uh, is is kind of continued on um, Twitter. Uh, Spike TV is getting involved. Uh, so you know, it's a lot of stuff surrounding. Uh, this controversy and curious what you guys think. So when you give us a call tonight, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five, uh you saw impact, you watched what happened, you saw what Austin Aries did to Christy Hemi. Was it okay? Was it in the context of the character? And I wanna know, callers, what would you do with Austin Aries? What is a fitting punishment, if any? Where should we go with this? But I'm curious, Dave, like what's the latest uh, you're hearing on all the stuff surrounding Christy Hemi and Austin Aries. Well, to update some of our listeners who didn't watch Impact or listen to the to the show on Sunday, um, Christy Hemi on Thursday night was, uh, you know, she's a ring announcer for uh, TNA Impact Wrestling, and she um, she mistakenly introduced Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels as Austin Aries and. Bobby Roode were coming out to the ring, and Aries looked visibly upset, and he cornered Hemi and uh, stood on the second rope, and his crotch and lower, you know, area was in her face, and he made a, a couple of gyrating motions, and she didn't look too pleased with it, and um, so that's what took place there, and then, you know, kind of, it didn't really, on, on, on the internet and in the wrestling community, it didn't really hit until a couple of days later when Mark Madden on WrestleZone.com had wrote an article about how Austin Aries should be disciplined or suspended or even fired because um, it's it was basically borderline sexual harassment on television. Um, so as of word this morning, Spike TV made a public uh had a public statement stating that they had spoken with TNA and that Aries would be disciplined accordingly. They don't know what the disciplinary action is, but he would be, you know, that that situation would be handled and taken care of, and that's something that they don't tolerate on their network. Um, just coming in as of a few minutes ago when you were speaking about this, Dixie Carter made a public, comp, public uh, statement on Twitter stating, TNA has zero tolerance for inappropriate behavior. The incident with Austin Aries was taken very seriously and handled immediately. That's via Dixie Carter on Twitter, at TNA Dixie. Um, we saw on Twitter Austin Aries made a comment about, you know, people taking it too far. Um, Christy Hemi felt it was, a, you know, it was unacceptable behavior from from what her Twitter account was posted at. Um, it's even gone as far as to some of the wrestlers in the locker room like Chavo Guerrero, 
Um, he had a statement on Twitter that wrote, Great job at Mark Madden X for watering down wrestling even more. God forbid that a wrestler breaks out of the typical mold of being so scared to show his personality on TV. You must have been going crazy during the Attitude Era with every cutting-edge thing that Vince did. And for the record, I saw Hemi after that segment, and she didn't look bothered at all. Just saying. I was there. Chavo concluded, I think we should just let Hemi fight her own battles. If she needs help, she'll ask. Now, it's a it's a it's a very touchy subject, very touch and go, but it sounds like TNA is, is has handled it or they will handle it. I don't know what exact kind of disciplinary actions are, if he's gonna be fined, suspended, but Spike T V did make a notion in their uh, public statement that they would hope that this disciplinary action would take place in a public forum. So I don't know if it's something that they're going to do to him on TV, if they're going to make him apologize on television to Hemi, or, I mean, it's wrestling. They might turn it into a storyline. This could this this could potentially be something that might be in their favor. Um, we could possibly see maybe an Austin Aries sexual harassment storyline on television. This is just something that just popped in my head. So, uh, I mean, who knows? But that's as far as I know. Um, I mean, I noticed it on television. And I was like, "Wow!" Like that's and she at one point she even you know on the microphone she's like, "All right, that's enough," um, and she didn't really seem too pleased. She was kind of uh, taken back by it all. So we'll see what happens. But it's it's not good news for for TNA to be in that in that light, so to speak, considering the the changes that they have been making over the past several months, going live on the road, trying to promote their product to other markets where they've never been before. They've changed their time slot again for about the 47th time. They're going back to 9 o'clock um, at the end of the month to, uh, you know, to, to accommodate um, the Bellator, their, the MMA group that's on Spike TV. So it's not really good for TNA right now, um, but hopefully they handle it accordingly and they can move forward from it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, look, and everything we're going to talk about right now, it's kind of with the pretext that, you know, there's no denying how talented Austin Aries is, uh, both in the ring and uh, on the microphone. I mean, the guy's a tremendous talent. Um, you know, it's, it, it's really a, a, it's a tough situation. I mean, and how do you, you know, how do you objectively, evaluate exactly what's going on here. I mean, you know, sexual harassment is a big deal. It's a big deal. It's a big buzzword. It, you know, if you're a, you know, nowadays it seems like in, in jobs and employment, if there's even a hint of sexual harassment, they are on the side of caution. Just get rid of the would be harasser as quickly as possible. Um, I don't think we're going to see uh, Austin Aries getting fired anytime soon. Uh, I don't even, you know, to me, it's when when you talk about a, a public apology that that I don't know, like it's wrestling, and and that to me would hurt his his character if. If need be, I mean, to me, you know, you suspend him without pay. Uh, do you fine him and force, uh, you know, put that money towards uh, a woman's charity, an anti-abuse charity, a battered women's charity? I mean, I don't know. 
those are some ideas I I would think of. I mean, I don't I don't see him getting fired. And you're right; it's one of those things that you know on TV it, it didn't look that bad. It looked like look it may look don't get me wrong may have been inappropriate. May have pushed the envelope a little too far. I mean, I'm not saying that Austin Aries is completely innocent, but but since it's wrestling too, you know, it's that's kind of how yeah. I look at it. That he was he pushed the envelope a little bit. He pushed his character a little bit. In the grand scheme of things, and only Austin Aries knows what was going on in Austin Aries' head when this was going on. Was it legit out of anger? Was it? I mean. Let's try and separate the man from the character. I think Dave, you probably agree with this. That character, the character Austin Aries, that is coming down to the ring each and every week on Impact to to wrestle uh, or to to jaw at an opponent or even to to rip on his own tag team partner. That character, if that Austin Aries is introduced the wrong way. That is absolutely consistent with what that character would do. He's an obnoxious, Napoleonic complex, pain in the ass, who is ego, you can barely fit in the building, and he's got the talent to back it up. That is the Austin Aries we see on TV. What he did would be consistent with the character. Now, I to me, and maybe they're discussing this in the front offices of TNA, what was the intent? Now, if they sit down backstage and Austin Aries is like, yeah, you know, sorry you're offended. It just, uh, you know, you announced this wrong and I just uh, was pushing the storyline. Sorry it went too far. Well, then to me... He doesn't deserve that big a punishment. If his, if that whole thing, if his motivation was completely out of anger, and that was the real Austin Aries going after the real Christy Hemi, that's kind of a different story. And again, there's no way for any of us to really know what exactly was going on in Austin Aries' head when he did that. Uh, to me, and again, we want to hear what you guys think, Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. 3478 To me, I'd go maybe a suspension, and if, if it's a suspension um, without pay, uh, if not a suspension, maybe gets fined, and, you know, I know that all the sports, and they do it, but maybe he has to go to some sensitivity training or something like that, but I'd... I, I, that's kind of the direction I would go in. I don't know if I would go any more severe. Uh, I mean, what do you think, Dave? Well, like you said, it all depends on you know they got to sit down and you know hammer this hammer this situation out with with, with him. Uh, you know what his intent was. You know if if you know he just kind of took his character a little too far and did something on the fly because of someone else's mistake. And if he's at a mutual understanding with Christy Hemme and she's not offended or bothered by it, then, you know, I think an, I think a, a, an apology, a public apology would be in order. I mean, if, you know, a lot of things, you know, I mean, we, I, I mentioned it in my news on Sunday, you know, Jay Briscoe from ring of honor made a, a, uh, uh, a homosexual remark on Twitter 
and he had to make a public apology at, at the Ring of Honor House show um, Saturday night. Um, Raven in ECW hung the Sandman from a cross that they made in, in you know a makeshift cross out of two by four from the ring and put like the barbed wire on his head, you know, symbolizing you know Jesus Christ. And a lot of people were offended by it to the point where like that didn't even make air on television. And he had to come out later on in that television taping and apologize publicly to the audience. Um, I mean, a fine, yes. Maybe a suspension for 30 days, yes. Um, I, I mean, firing, I don't think so. Um, you know, no, nothing more than that. Um, unless this, uh, uh, unless they got us all fooled, and this is a part of a storyline, then that's great. I mean, great in terms of, like, they kept it quiet and, you know, got everybody talking about their product. But I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to be the route they're going to go on. I think it's just going to be one of those, you know, he's going to, he's going to apologize and, uh, you know, he'll be fined or suspended. And then, you know, that, that will be the end of it. But I, but knowing a lot of the hardcore wrestling fans and even the hardcore TNA wrestling fans, um, something like this could I wouldn't say potentially hurt Austin Aries, but it will hold. It, it, it will it will be held on to him for for quite a while in his run in TNA. I wouldn't be surprised if you know the fans will come up with chance of him being a uh, you know a, a, a sexual deviant or sexual harasser or what have you. But um, I mean, if I were TNA, you know, I would go on the public apology and and uh, you know fine him and possibly suspend him, but. I mean, I would turn this into a storyline, you know. The, a lot of people like real aspects of real life brought into wrestling. Uh, we've seen it on multiple occasions, you know, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and the Montreal Screwjob and how that had been, you know, exploited, you know, in the beginning and exploited to death. But this might be a blessing in disguise for them in some ways that could get people to tune in and watch their television show. I mean, it's surprising to me that Spike TV would say, well, you know, we don't condone this kind of behavior, yet they're a men's network where they have, you know, multiple shows that show women in scantily clad clothing. I mean, they're not like, you know, an X-rated, you know, television network, but they're they're appealing towards men and what men do. And I, I'm just kind of surprised by it all, but... I don't think it's gonna. I think it's gonna blow over, kind of like what the Jack Swagger situation was. I give it another week. If if they don't do something, I mean, this upcoming Impact episode is taped, so maybe they'll have Aries pre-tape something and apologize, or they'll have him do it on the live broadcast in a couple of weeks. I'm not 100% sure, but I think this is gonna blow over, and hopefully, um, you know, he and the company have learned their lesson from this. If in fact that you know Hemi is indeed not thrilled with the situation, but it could get worse. I mean, she could not want the apology and and feel the suspension isn't right, and maybe she sues the company and leaves if something isn't done properly. Like, maybe, he's, you know, if he doesn't get fired or whatever. So, it, it, it's a wait-and-see kind of process right now, but the, the wrestling media, you know, certainly doesn't help the matter, um, especially if, you know, guys like Chavo Guerrero, you know, and other guys in the locker room are commenting on it and you know, wanting everyone to just kind of mind their own business. Yeah, I mean, I think you bring up a good point. Well, you know, storyline-wise, I mean, let, let's look at TNA right now. I mean, Ace and Ace, uh, Bully Ray is your champion. You know, that's that's been the the major as far as creative goes. That's their major storyline. You know, 
long time in the making, uh, Bully Ray and his scheming, and Ace and Eights, the strongest faction in pro wrestling, and, and they want to take over, uh, you know, TNA, or at least wreak havoc in TNA, you know, and that's, that's what creative is, is all, like, pushing, and that's, that's the main storyline, and, and yet, the one thing that we're all talking about is the Austin Aries, Kristen, Christy Hemi, uh, ordeal that occurred this past Thursday. Uh, if they could put their differences aside coming out of this and use it for a storyline, I think that would be the best way to go, and that would make money probably for everyone involved. Um, but you, you, the other good point you bring up is, you know, nowadays if Christy Hemi decides that she's going to she's gonna take this as far as she can, you know, also they, they have to fire Aries. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if, if she... If- she probably, you know, sues the company, quits, and says, "I'm, you know, I'm taking legal action." That'd be the first thing that they do. Is to tell them, "Just go away for a while. We're going to let you go." <clears throat> Excuse me, and until we get this thing figured out. Um, but I don't know if that's going to really go that far. I mean, I don't well, know I, either. Unless, like, Christy Hemme's got a tremendous team of lawyers, and is all but guaranteed that she's going to you know, come home with a tremendous windfall, it just doesn't make any sense. Because if she does this and gets Austin Aries fired, the first chest TNA has to get rid of Christy Hammy, they're going to do it. And she's going to be blackballed in the business. So unless she knows that by bringing suit that she's going to be set for life, it makes no sense for her. And Spike TV is just posturing at this moment because... They're saying, we, you know, we don't support this kind of program. We don't support yada, yada, yada. But if it was in the storyline, no one would be complaining. If we knew for Absolutely. a fact no one was complaining about it, Spike TV would not have come out afterwards and said, we don't condone that sort of programming. So, I mean, Spike TV is just covering their own ass right now and saying, um, you know, we didn't like it. But... I, you know, it's interesting because I think it's kind of neat. Uh, it would be cool if they turned it into a storyline because it's something controversial. It's something that's getting people talking. Uh, why not? Why not uh, use it? You know, TNA needs to, if they ha- if they do it right, you know, TNA can use any attention, any publicity. So it's interesting. Curious what you guys think of the whole uh, Austin Aries controversy, 347-838-9815. We're going to get your calls. We're still waiting for... Luke Hawks to join in. He should be joining us uh, in about five minutes, give or take. But, uh, you know, Impact has been interesting lately. Outside of the sexual harassment that might be going on, uh, we do have some ace and eights. Uh, that, that seems like that's the uh, dominating storyline uh, throughout a lot of Impact. Um, and ancillary storyline surrounding ace and eights and taking care of ace and eights, if you will, uh, what they continue to do with AJ Styles, and I am still enjoying it. I still like this whole thing they're doing with AJ. I like the fact that he has no allegiance right now. And at this point in time, if we are heading into a program where we're going to see some AJ Styles-Kurt Angle matches, well, you know what? I'm all for that. And to me, if we're going to put... uh, AJ Styles and Kurt Angle in a wrestling ring a few times and at a pay-per-view, well, that's a winning situation for wrestling fans. So uh, I'm enjoying what they're doing right now with AJ. guy who definitely needed some repackaging. 
They've done it. I mean, not everything has been a you know out of the ballpark, but as a whole, this whole repackaging of AJ, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it's work. It's it's definitely gives gives people a new lease on the character of AJ Styles. People invested more into him. Um, they had kind of been drawn away from him because his character had just kind of, I wouldn't say been stale, but, you know, kind of stayed the same. Well, yeah, I, I, it's been stale for the most part for the past couple of years. But, um, you know, the, it's, um, it, to me, like, it's got to come to, I mean, I don't want it to draw out so long. Like, I mean, it's very, I and mean, we talked about this before on the show, it's very reminiscent of the sting, you know, ter, you know, changing his colors and being, you know, the, the loner during the NWO storyline in World Championship Wrestling. And I don't want it to go where, you know, he doesn't have an allegiance for like a year or so, you know what I mean? And he's just kind of, you really don't know where he stands sort of thing. Like, from what I understand, um, but from what I've read at the, the spoilers, and I won't spoil it for any of our, our listeners, but um, it sounds like there's going to be a decision made at some point within the next couple of weeks as, to far, as far as where he stands, whether it's with the Aces and Aces or whether it's with TNA. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. And Kurt Angle, I mean, he's had some great matches with Kurt Angle in the past and a more aggressive AJ Styles. I mean, I brought it up on the show a couple of weeks ago, you know, when we talked about that new submission hold that he had in his match against James Storm, you know. Now he's in there with a submission specialist like Kurt Angle, and you could and, and you could play to that strength that he's got this new submission hold. Maybe he's got a few more in his repertoire that we haven't seen, but, you know, he's always put on great matches with Kurt Angle. I'd actually like to see him do something with Sting, to be honest with you, because I'm really tired of seeing Sting being, the you know, the 50 and over – wrestler that is leading the charge against the aces and eights i'd like to see you know he's got that similarity in the in the characters with sting and maybe sting could kind of try to mentor him but it turns into a feud and then eventually it becomes him you know bringing aj over to the to the to the right side for tna instead of being with the aces and eights i mean there's unlimited possibilities with this aj styles new character um going forward so I personally enjoy it. It's probably one of the better things that they have on their show right now. They seem to be doing it right. It's almost in comparison to how they've been um, handling the shield um, all over on the WWE, where they don't really give away too much with them, but they are looking very strong on television, and they're real serious about building them up. And I think the TNA is really serious about making AJ Styles, you know, a name again, you know, and, and being one of their – their focal points in one of their, their franchises for the company. I mean, they brought it up numerous times. He's been there since day one. And I, I watched the very first ever TNA show on pay-per-view. He has been there since the beginning. So he's got that Sting comparison where, you know, Sting never left the NWA and WCW. I mean, it just kind of makes sense. But overall, I'm really enjoying what they're doing with him. And I just hope it doesn't, I just hope that they have a, a plan set in motion as to what they're going to do and they don't put him in a holding pattern where every week we're trying to get an answer and we can't get an answer out of him. Because then it's just, it, to me, it just kind of turns me off and I really won't be as invested or interested in the character anymore. Yeah, you got to be careful to draw that out. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. so many things to talk about. We're going to get right out to your phone calls. But first off, we're privileged now to have the Southern Stomper, Luke Hawks, is on the line for us. Luke, are you there? Yeah, what's happening, fellas? 
How you doing? Thanks for spending a few with us. Oh, that's all good. Thanks for having me. Cool. So, I, you know, I know this is going to be a really open-ended question, but, you know, you, you teach. You have, you have the wild, uh, Wildcat School. Sports. Um, yeah, Wildcat Sports. You're all around the, the business. You, you've done a lot around the business. Um, I'm curious just overall, what are your thoughts on the business today? Uh, it's a roller coaster, you know what I'm saying? It, it always has been, so it goes up and down. I think it's really picked up a lot, and there's a lot of business to be had and good for the boys. There's a lot of work for the guys. There's so many companies around right now, from WWE to TNA to Ring of Honor to some good indies out there, and I like to see it pick up even more which if it keeps on going the way it is, you know, who, who knows where it's going to go. But I think it's a, an overall positive thing, and we're moving forward with the business instead of going backwards. I want to ask, you know, I was researching and looking a lot of stuff up about you, and, and I saw a couple of places that growing up your favorites were uh, Mr. Perfect and Rick Rude. And those are two guys that we've talked about actually a lot on the show is two very underrated guys and two of the best who never – held the WWE Championship. Uh, tell us a little bit, uh, what about their styles influenced you? Uh, just, I guess their work ethic, man, especially Perfect's, you know, and Rude, just Rude's character overall. Uh, I guess as well as Perfect's character, but it was just something that, uh, it was mesmerizing. And back then, when I used to watch those guys, you know, of course I was a kid, so I liked the Warriors and I liked the Hogan's and, and those guys too, but I guess it turned into teenage years, and I watched the Roods and the Hinnons. It was there was no comparison. I, I wanted to be in a Continental Champ. I didn't, I didn't want to be the heavyweight champ in the world because that's that to me that belt meant a lot more. And I guess it was because of the work ethic those guys put in. I, I was way more entertained watching those matches and then watching you guys like Bret Hart and Bulldog, you know, come, come from that era and just have these outstanding matches instead of watching, you know, Hogan and Sid. Is it, when you're teaching, is there anything specific from those guys and yourself that you, you want to convey to, to new wrestlers? Uh, just the hard work and, and, and the perfection. Those guys were perfectionists, and the, everything they did was crisp. You barely seen any any uh, botches, if you would say that, or, or mess-ups, or, you know, you didn't have anything sloppy, really, in those guys' matches. I mean, every match, you know, there's always something sloppy, but, but those guys were so crisp, and you could just tell they really honored and owned their craft. So that's that's I guess that's the biggest thing is, is there are guys like that. I mean, and there's many more to come along the way. There was this, like I said, there was the Bret Hart's, there was the Shawn Michaels, there was the Scott Halls. Uh, there, there were so many guys from, from the there, Jerry Lynn's. Those guys came in and, and they really revolutionized the wrestling and took it out from guys and characters like Bastion Booger and uh, you know Max Moon and all those kind of stupid kid chop childish cartoonish characters and made wrestling wrestling well yeah you know you have an interesting style especially i noticed when when you cut a promo uh your promos are no joke uh you pull no punches um tell us a little bit like what goes into when when you're doing a promo what goes into you creating it or do you just you know fly off the cuff and just see what happens i mean how do you come up with your promos a lot of times i just speak from the heart you know, I'm a very smash mouth, realistic, no BS, no political kind of guy. I'm a, you know, I don't pull any punches. I, you know, I did at the beginning of my career, and uh, it was okay. But I seem to get further in my career being a realist and you know, not a BS. I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that if if you come up to me and you ask me, or even if you don't ask me, sometimes you know, I, 
I, I, I'm a perfectionist, so uh, I, I'll, I'll watch my matches a hundred times over after I do them and, and figure out what I can do better and if I messed up anything, what I can fix. Even if I did something right, I go, how could I make it better? So um, it's the same with my promos. It's just I'm not going to be that guy that comes back and tells everybody, good match, good match. If you had something wrong in your match, I'm going to pick out what's wrong in your match and tell you, hey, you need to fix this or you should work on this or, hey, try to do this different. And uh, some guys don't want to hear it, but if you're, you know, you want to be better yourself, of course that's what you want to hear. So, like, when, you know, I want to hear that. If somebody, if I have a match and I come to the back, I want somebody to tell me, hey, I like this, but, hey, you could have did this, it would have been better. You know, some guys take offense to that, but those are the guys who, I guess, have insecurity issues. I mean, if if you want to be the best, you, you never learn it. You just train, train, train 24-7, try and better yourself. Um, I, I got to ask, you know, and it, it's, it's it's interesting because it's tough when you know out there uh, when you're not on TV and trying to maintain some continuity and uh, you know I found it very engaging everything that was going on between you and Matt Hardy. Uh, it, I don't know if you call it must see TV, but it's must see uh, you know get on the web and see what these guys are saying about each other. What are your thoughts on Matt Hardy? I mean, I agree. Uh, we just had our first match over the weekend, and I mean, things were really personal between us, and if you followed me and Matt Hardy, you would know the backstory between us, so if uh, the fans out there don't know, I'd suggest you look it up, I mean, Matt was somebody who I actually had a close relationship with early on in my career, uh, we were we were friends, and, you know, it's kind of hard to say that in the business, you don't meet a lot of friends in this business, and uh, one of the things that made me and Matt friends were when I had my first WWE match in 2003, Matt was the only guy to come up to me and say, hey, I like this, but I didn't like this. You need to do this better. And then uh, Matt started kind of going through his issues, and when Matt went through his issues, that's when our friendship, I would say, started to fall apart and we came, became more distanced. And then uh, the incident in Pittsburgh happened where I almost actually killed Matt <laughs> and uh, put him really, really screwed him up and hurt him bad. So uh, it kind of elevated from there, and things, I, I would guess, you know, turned south even more for us and got really personal. And then he had an incident with him and my son where he put his hands on my son, who's 14 years old. And, you know, my son's a minor. So it just it kind of escalated from there. And we had our first match this weekend, which was in a little bit past Monroe, Louisiana, kind of in the sticks, somewhere I've never been before. The only time I've ever been in the area is with, with WWE. And that was like Bozier City and Freeport. So about an hour away from, you know, each way from that side. And we still packed the house there, you know, we drew probably almost a thousand people, which is unheard of for, for you know, that area, and we didn't expect it, it was a first-time show, so, uh, and, you know, me and Matt headlined it, uh, so so it was it was nice to have that atmosphere, and we beat the hell out of each other and kind of got a taste, and I underestimated him because uh, I thought he would not be the same Matt Hardy I was used to seeing, and he brought a hell of a fight, so I guess I'm going to have to one-up him and, you know, step it up, step up my game to bring a little more next time. So, I mean, a thousand people were saying that I'm thinking this feud is far from over. No, no, it's it's like I said, it's just begin. So, uh, I mean, this is something that, uh, like I said, we both take personal. So, I want to be the best, and he's still got a lot to prove. And you know, he dislikes me for the things I did and say, you know, about him. But it, it, it is what it is. He he's the one who put himself in that position. So, um, you know, that that's just how the ball rolls, I guess. So we'll, we'll take it from there, and we'll keep going and going and going until I guess one of us can't go no more. Uh, what was it like being a part of Extreme Rising? 
It was a lot of negative and a lot of positive. Uh, I enjoyed my time there as far as being in that ECW extreme atmosphere um, with some of those guys. But at the same time, I had to work with scumbags like Shane, who I cannot stand, and was, you know, such such legit heat. That's why I was there to begin with, because they thought, you know, you know, having me and Shane interact with each other would, would, would be big money. And, I, you know, I, I disagreed because I didn't think Shane, you know, I didn't want to get in the ring with Shane because I was just going to beat the hell out of him. And, and you get in there with a guy like that, it's, I thought about it for a long time. I was going to actually just go beat the hell out of him. I was going to do it, you know, we, we got into some incidents in the back where basically I had to be pulled apart. The first show, New Jack of all people, you know what I'm saying, was the first one to get between me and try and pull me back. And uh, it, it was just one of those things where I, I can't stand the guy. I think the guy's full of BS. I think he's a backstabber. I think he's, you know, full of crap. He's a hypocrite. And I think what he preaches, he doesn't practice. And so he has these fans believe these things he says, but when you really know the guy, he's full of crap, and he's screwing over the boys. He'll he'll dog Ric Flair. He'll dog uh, Shawn Michaels. He'll dog Scott Hall. But this guy, is, you know, he'll he'll stab you in the back every chance he gets. So it was really... It was really a complicated atmosphere to be in the back with him, and we wasn't really around each other. We kind of he would avoid me. He would make sure not to be in the same area as I was in. And the few times we crossed paths, it was nasty. The last time, like I said, it, it took quite a few people to get between us because I mean I just wanted to rip this guy's head off the whole time, and like I, I did not want to work with him because it became to a point where I felt if I worked with him, it was like beating up a child, you know, like. like you, you, what did you accomplish? You know, it'd be like a bully. You know, it's like a 300-pound a guy beating up a 100-pound guy. What, what are you accomplishing? You know what I'm saying? You should be able to beat him up. So uh, I didn't feel like if I, you know, if I went there and busted this dude's head that, that it would make him any smarter or make him realize anything. So uh, it, that that aspect of it, it was really frustrating. Luke, uh, you, it's funny that you mentioned, uh, you know, Extreme Rising, because there's been a lot of, you know, right off the gate, they they just seem to not really have their their their, their stuff together. They had, you know, some incidents with uh, Justin Credible and Sabu on the first show, um, and then WrestleMania weekend, they canceled all of their shows. Kevin and I personally were at the Pro Wrestling Syndicate in uh, Metuchen, New Jersey, and New Jack, who was scheduled to be a part of those Extreme Rising shows, um, basically cut a full-out shoot on Shane Douglas. Um, do you know any uh, of the details behind – were you booked for any of those shows during that WrestleMania oh, yeah. week Jersey? And that do you know the reason be behind – Me and Hardy's first match. That was supposed uh, to be Matt, me and Matt Hardy's first match, which uh, it, it sucks for the fans in Philly because they got their build-up, and that's who wanted to see the match the most. And they, that's who deserved to see the match because all our history was there. So, uh, you know, if anybody wanted to see us beat the hell out of each other, it was Philadelphia, and I feel like they got screwed out of that. So, you know, it, it, it was it was a really big letdown for the fact that not only did it screw us all out of paydays and bookings and dates, um, but it also screwed the fans out of the money, which they're still owed money, and I, I believe, and, you know, something that they really wanted to see. I think me and Matt Hardy was the most talked about match on the Indies now for a while. And, you know, from, from, from all the reports I read and the, the fans, from the fan aspect, I see all I see and hear about is, you know, Luke Hawks, Matt Hardy, Luke Hawks, Matt Hardy, Luke Hawks, Matt Hardy. So uh, I really feel that the fans got gypped out of that. 
it, it's interesting, and as as you continue, to, like Luke and Matt Hardy, and, and you know, uh, last year there was uh, Adam Pierce and Cole Cabana, and there are seven levels of hate, and where it, it's interesting with we move into this era and the internet is more and more prevalent. Uh, do you think we're really at a point in time where you can completely carry a storyline through the internet and really make it quite marketable uh, coast to coast? Well, I, I think yeah and no. Um, it depends. Uh, like I said, I was really shocked what happened with our first match in like a little past memory. Like I said, it was about 45 minutes in the sticks. I didn't expect much. Cassie Riley put on the, the show. He did a really good job promoting it. Um, and and when I when I was on my way there, I was like, man, it's a shame. Like you know, I'm ready to rip this guy's head off, but I don't know if I'm going to be doing it in front of 100 people or not. You know, and, and somebody that, and somebody, you know, and somewhere that doesn't really know the back history, because you think, you know, like the South is a really old school crowd where, you know, they want to see you. Know, you can punch and kick and, and do drop kicks all day, and you know, the fans are into it. Whereas you go to the Northeast, you know, the, or the West Coast, they want to see blood and guts, and they want to see you kill each other, and they want to see you rip heads off. Where here, you know, it's a little more like, hey, they they they're more interested in just a good old fashioned fight. So uh, so when we got to the show and, and you know, I seen the crowd and then I uh, we, we did, you know, so our normal sell T-shirts and do all that BS beforehand, I had so many fans come up to me. And like I said, this is the area that I'm not familiar with. Even though it's Louisiana, it's north Louisiana. It's almost six hours away from me. Um, the fans were knew about it. So they had pictures printed up. They had, you know, oh, we brought this from your Wildcat shows. You know, they 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 were just they were really really into the feud, and uh, they wanted to see it happen. And then, as a matter of fact, which one of one of the things I really enjoyed, and you know, no offense to the TNA guys, but these guys were on TV every week. They had several stars there from TNA, several ex guys from WWE, and uh, when they announced all the guys there, they were saying, oh, we got this guy, we got that guy, and when they said the TNA guys, it was kind of like some crickets. You know, no offense to those guys, but then when they said Luke Hawks, crowd pop. When they said Matt Hardy, crowd pop. So it was nice to have that aspect to go, hey, I'm not on TV every week, but people are still following what Hawks and Hardy are doing. What what aspect do you think? Because you said yes and no. So yes, but why why do you think we can't completely follow a storyline on the Internet? I, I guess because there's so much on the Internet. You know, uh, you, you, you never know. You know, it's easy to get displaced, whereas if you're watching TV and you watch a show, you're kind of forced to follow what's going on in that show if you're watching Raw. You know, you can't fast-forward through Raw unless you DVR it, and most people don't. You know, they, there's a lot of people who do, but most people, you know, on Monday nights, they sit and they turn the TV on. Whereas the Internet, you kind of got to search for it and you got to look for it. It has to be something you're really interested in to, to put that effort in to go look at it. That makes sense. I'm curious, right now in the business, current stars, is there anyone that, that influences you or that you really like to watch right now? Hmm. I mean, I, I, it's just probably me being biased, but I love to watch my students. I love to watch all my Wildcat guys. To watch them come up from nothing and, you know, see them come in from day one with me. Guys like Blake Wilder and Socorro and Matt Lancey and uh, Buku Dow. And I see these guys, they come in and they, they started from nothing. You know, I've, I've took these guys from day one, you know, who never had anything and, and molded them. And to watch them really break out their shell and fight more and more and more and, and just want to better themselves and better themselves and better themselves. So I really get, I guess, more influenced by those guys because 
it's a little competition for me, you know, because these guys are chasing on my tail. They they look up to me and they want to be where I'm at, but at the same time, they're they're, they're moving along so fast. I gotta I gotta keep up with my game to beat these guys out in matches here because we're having these shows here and these guys are trying to get matches tonight. And uh, you know, and I should be the guy. I'm the veteran. You know what I'm saying? I'm the guy that needs to be up there, up in my game, and keeping up with the young, young guys, so to speak. Now, not that I'm that old, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the old veteran here now. Huh. So, but, but there's a lot of, you know, there's also a lot of indie guys I like to watch. Uh, uh, I really like Papa Don. Papa Don's a really good character. Uh, hell of a town. I like watching Homicide. And I was, I was honored to at least start something with him in Philly with ER, and I was looking forward to the stuff we would do more. Um, Let's see. I, I worked with uh, Davari, the, 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 the younger Davari, in Minnesota. Man, he he's a hell of a worker. I just worked with him. Uh, you know, there's the, Smith James, who just on the developmental deal with WWE. He's a hell of a talent. Big game, James. So you, uh, who else? Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. The Lucha guy. I'm so bad with names. Um, oh man, what's his name? He also was at WWE trial with us back in February. Um, that's the, the bad. This is the bad thing about having concussions. You have all these brain farts all the time. Uh, Samurai Del Sol. Okay. He's really, yeah, he's really, really a hell of a talent. So there's there's a lot of guys out there that you know I like to watch and uh, check out some of their stuff because you can always learn from everything. Yeah, that's amazing, you know, and and I don't think there could be anything better. Uh, for a student to have, uh, you ask your teacher who they like watching the most, and they say uh, the students. So that's uh, got to be a tremendous school, and uh, it seems like your students are lucky to have you as a teacher. Before we let you go, uh, let our fans know where they can check you out, uh, where they can find you, where they can see your schedule, where you're wrestling next. Just uh, plug away. Yeah, WildcatSports.com. That's cat with a K, K-A-T, WildcatSports.com. You can look us up on Twitter at Wildcat Sports at LukeHawks504. Also on Facebook, like the Wildcat page and YouTube, Wildcat Sports. You'll find all our videos. We put up a web show on there that's really good. I'll put our product up against any product out today. I'll put it up against Ring of Honor. I'll put it up against TNA. In, uh, excuse me, um, even WWE, man, we have a really solid product, and we have stars come in. We've had Tommy Dreamer come in, Gangrel, Hurricane. Um, we just had Chris Masters and Bestia 666 from Mexico come in. And, you know, our, our list grows more and more as long, as well as the Blake Wilders and the, the Matt Lancey's and the Socorros and the Steve Anthony's and the Mike Dells. There's, there's, we, we have a hell of a talented roster, so I'd definitely say check out our stuff. Um, next week I'll be in Orlando, Florida for CWF against John Morrison. And, you know, and we're gearing up to this June 8th show at Wildcat Sports. So everything's Wildcat, Wildcat, Wildcat. Very cool, Luke. Thank you so much for giving us some time tonight, and uh, we'd love to have you back on in the future. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Y'all take Thank care. You. Peace. And there you have it, Luke Hawks. Well, we've, we've had some uh, little controversy, little, uh, some pointed interviews right there. Like, you know, um, they're not fond of Shane Douglas, you think, Dave? There are not a lot of people fond of Shane Douglas. Um, we, <laughs> I mean, we witnessed it about 10 feet away from us, and we tried to move back even further because the guy is pretty scary, but New Jack didn't have too many nice things to say, if anything at all. In fact, he didn't have anything nice to say at all. A lot of colorful language. Uh, Luke Hawks feels the same way. Um, and, of course, uh, Ric Flair has not had some very nice things to say about Shane Douglas. Um, 
So, yeah, he's not really a, uh, a, a very popular guy in the wrestling industry, but it, it gets people talking. So, I mean, I, get, I mean, in one sense he is popular, in another sense he's, you know, popular for the wrong reasons. Yeah, and it was interesting because that whole, like, Matt Hardy and Luke Hawks thing uh, I found very intriguing. And, uh, yeah, it was a nasty spill Matt took. And, uh, you know, some seems like some legit bad blood there. Uh, I was shocked um, that that show was canceled. Uh, you know, and it seems like this is something that, um, you know, you, you hear about in wrestling. And, you know, sometimes you have legit bad blood, but... It seems like there's money in this feud, and then in the interview I referenced, uh, Adam Pierce and Colt Cabana, and and they took their show uh, around the world, just the two of them beating the hell out of each other. Um, you know, this is something. You know, it, it's interesting because you hear a lot of people talking about how it's so difficult in the wrestling business because it's really the WWE, um, and and that's you know we don't have the territory system, so to really make a living at it, you need to get there, but. Uh, I found it interesting that Luke took the opposite. He was like, there's so much out there for wrestlers, and there's so many companies, and there's a lot of opportunities. So I guess it's a question of uh, glass half full, half empty. I mean, you know, you're not getting paid millions, um, but there are opportunities out there if you're willing to travel. And uh, it seems like he really likes the business, loves the business. And I'd, I'd be curious to see if this Matt Hardy-Luke uh, Hawks feud uh, goes forward in the future and see how how long this goes. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. We talked a little bit of TNA, gave a lot of Luke Hawks. Uh, we also got Extreme Rules Monday Night Raw was last night. Whatever you guys want to talk about, but especially we want to know what you guys think. What should we do about Austin Aries? Nothing, something. What are your thoughts on Austin Aries? Bring it, callers. I'm gonna go out right now. We got Tony on the line. Tony, are you there? Hey guys, I'm here. What do you got for us? Well, as far as like what to do with the whole uh, Austin Aries situation, I I actually when I was watching Impact, I really didn't really think anything of it. I just you know I didn't even catch that uh, Christie screwed up the uh, ring entrance, you know. And then I was just like I looked and saw Austin Aries corner, you know, had her corner there, and was I was like, oh okay, what? The? <laughs> but I I really didn't think anything of it, you know. I mean it's. You know, I mean, the, guy, the guy's a heel. I mean, what was he, you know, I was like, you know, what was, you know, what was he supposed, you know, I was like, what was he supposed to do? You know, I mean, he had to, you know, maybe, you know, I mean, it, it I mean, I think it kind of fit the heel character and if it turned into a storyline, you know, okay, whatever, but that's, um, you know. That's, that's, again, and that's the problem with it, and I don't know how far, you know, I, I don't know what goes on in the offices of TNA. I don't know how they govern things. I don't know what the rules are, but... That's one of those things that's completely consistent with his character. It, it yeah. totally makes sense for Austin Aries, the character, to do that. And it's kind of surprising, again, we'll see if it's a storyline, but you would think Christy Hemme being in the business for a long time would, you know, would get that. But, uh... I, it, I'm kind of curious. It's just a, it's a really odd situation. So um, I'm curious, Tony. Do you, do you punish him at all? Do you suspend him? Do you just kind of give him a good, good talking to in the back and and let it go? And what are your thoughts on what they should do? I don't know. I mean, if, like I said, if it was me, I didn't I didn't really think anything of it. But you know, so I don't really know if I go all you know hysterical with this thing. But you know, it's, it's like it's. I mean, like you said before, you know, it's like I mean, this this wasn't. Uh, like the Jay Briscoe uh, tweet, so I mean, it wasn't. It's not on that level of, uh, 
you know, whatever you want to call it. But I, I, I don't know. I don't really know if, like, if, I mean, maybe just, you know, like, if she says something, you know, like, says something to him or whatever, I mean, it's fine. But, you know, it's like, I'm, I don't think they need to, like, you know, take him off the shows or, you know, you know fire him or anything. I mean, I, I think that'd be a little, I think that'd be kind of, that'd be kind of drastic. Right. So what are your thoughts on the, on the things outside of sexual harassment in TNA? <laughs> Um, as far as, you know, like, cases and AIDS, I mean, I, I don't know, I kind of thought this week, you know, it was like they kicked Gilo out, and I thought it was just like, I don't know, so what does he think, he's the prospect now, and he's the errand boy, pretty much. Um, I don't know, I, I kind of, I don't know, I kind of, you know, like, cases and AIDS, it's kind of getting a little, you know, getting a little, a little stale for me, you know, I don't know, it's just, I mean, I'm going to be wrong, I like, you know, I love watching Bubba, and, you know, he's a great heel and everything, but, you know, I just, he's just always, Aces and Ace storyline is getting a little bit, you know, and, and having Hogan and Sting be the guys, and, you know, who, who are running the uh, TNA side of things. It's like, you know, it's, uh, I think it's a little, you know, it's, you know, I mean, Hogan's still got to put himself in the spotlight. And even as far as, like you were saying about, like, with uh, AJ Styles, I mean, you know, the, um, Sting even mentioned that he's, he, you know, that he's doing what uh, Sting himself did. You know, he even mentioned about impact. He said, oh, yeah, I know where you've been. I was up in the rafters, and, you know, whatever. So it's like they got, you know, um, but uh, I mean, I mean, if we can get a Kurt Angle AJ Styles match out of it, I'm yeah, you know, hours for me. But um, you know, even like as far as where uh, AJ goes, it looks like every time they're always saying it's like, oh, you gotta give us an answer tonight or next week or whatever, and then it's like he doesn't do anything. It's like it's like okay, then you gotta tell us, you gotta make a decision, brother, or whatever. And then it's like, yeah. and then it's like, okay, he doesn't say anything, and it's like, okay, <laughs> nothing happens. Yeah, I mean that's the toughest part. You know, just don't. Again, the problem with wrestling, again, week to week, something that's original and fresh can become something very stale very quickly. And, you know, what do they do with with this AJ Styles? And you're right. Like, don't don't tell us or don't demand an answer and not give one. You know, figure out how you want to write things. But if, if, you know, this Thursday on Impact, there's not going to be an answer. Then don't have someone demanding an answer. Don't say in the next segment we're gonna find out where AJ's alliances are. Like don't just don't say it. Um, but you know Dave brought it up and you're saying it too. It, it's it's cool right now and it's working and it's a repackaging. Uh, but how long are they gonna go? Plus, where do they go after that? Like I, I mean, it's interesting. He's 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 an angry guy now. That's his thing. He's got his hair messed up. He's got a beard now. He's mad as hell at the world. So let's just say in three weeks, he basically throws a cut at, at Ace and Eights. You know, screw you, and I'm I'm TNA all the way. What do they do at that point with his character? Does he shave, cut his hair, and... Go back to being, you know, happy AJ. Like what? What happens at that point? Is he still kind of angsty and, yeah, I'm just in TNA, but I really don't like anybody. I mean, it's it's kind of like where do you go exactly uh, with the character after the fact? Which, again, that's the toughest thing. It's you know, it's hey, it's fresh now, but once it gets stale, what's what's the next step for AJ Styles? Uh, should be interesting, but uh, as always, thanks a lot for the call, Tony. Uh, Tony is the expert blogger, best blogger in the business. Go over to thekenreadyshow.com, check out his blogs for Raw, SmackDown, and Impact. We'll talk to you 
Looking forward to talking to you on Sunday. We'll do a special pregame show for Extreme Rules. Get all your thoughts on uh, the pay-per-view this Sunday, Tony. Oh, yeah, you bet. I'll definitely be calling. All right, cool. I'll talk to you later, man. All right. We're going to stick with the phones, and we're actually, you know, here's someone who was on hold for a while on Sunday. We were unable to get to him, but... Here on this Tuesday, it's time for our Daily Affirmation with Justin. Hi, Ken. Hey, Justin. How you doing? I miss you, man. Miss you, too. What's going on? Thoughts on wrestling, TNA, WWE, Extreme Rules is coming up on Sunday. What are you thinking? I think I want to meet Edge. You should, if there's anyone out there that should meet Edge... And anyone listening who could make this happen, Justin needs to meet Edge. I don't think there's a bigger Edge fan out there than Justin. You Am bet. Right? You bet, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think of Extreme Rules? Last night on Raw, we end with uh, Triple H and... Uh, Brock Lesnar in the steel cage, uh, a little violent and everything. What do you think uh, going into Extreme Rules? Well, I think that Triple H needs to get his act together. You understand? <laughs> Why does he have to get his act together? Because he has to be, you know, he has to be responsible, a, a young man. He has to be. That's right. And I, we... we We've talked here that Stanford might be listening. So, Triple H, if you're listening, it's about time you became a responsible young man. That, hey, that Ken, was, you know what? What? You love Edge? How could you not love Edge? Cal, he's a great guy. He's a great, great competitor. I think oh, we're all, yeah. you know, it's one of those things, you know, we, we differ in opinion about, uh, uh, you know, a lot of wrestlers, and we can debate on this show, but, I, you know... Hey, yes, Dave. I mean, I think we're all in agreement that uh, Edge Edge is one of the greats. I hope so. Yeah. Hey, Dave. You know what? What's up? Are you an Edge fan? Oh, I'm a huge Edge fan. Honest to God, I was so happy I got to. I've met Edge a couple of years back, and uh, he was a very nice guy. I got to take a picture with him, um, and then when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, I was really excited because I I just always I liked. I like Edge a lot. I really thought he was going to be a big name when he started, and you know, he, he made my, uh, my my prediction come true by the skill that he had in the ring and you know his character. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed him. I'm a big Edge fan. Me too. Justin, thank you so much for giving us a call tonight, and we'll we'll talk to you Sunday before Extreme Rules. Oh sure. Thanks a lot, Justin. We'll talk to you soon. Hey Ken, we we're gonna put you on the show then, eh? You're on the show right now. Oh, joy. <laughs> That's so funny. We'll talk to you Sunday. Sure, Ken. All right, take it easy, man. And you're awesome. Thank you. And there you have it, Justin, the man that puts a smile on our faces every time he calls. 347-838-9815 is the number to call, and we're going to go out. Mr. Trivia is on the line. Mr. Trivia, are you there? Yeah, how you doing, Ken? Doing all right. How you doing? Eh, you know, we're doing all right, I guess. Just uh, out and about here in Pennsylvania, seeing the sights on this rainy evening. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Monday Night Raw turned out um, all right. You know, the ending of it was, was pretty good. 
you know, other than the, except for the beginning of it, I mean, it was it was a good show. I'd give it a solid solid C. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, I would probably agree with you there. I mean, I, I wasn't crazy about the show. I thought the end was strong, but yeah, I'd, I'd probably go like C, C minus around there. So, yeah, this AJ Styles thing is getting really interesting. I like this. Uh, I like this character now. He's starting to portray because you never know, you know, where he's going to go. Kind of reminds me a few years back of uh, with Sting and the Crow. You know, always hanging out in the rafters, not doing anything with anybody and showing up and it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, definitely. I can see the uh, similarities between uh, the two characters. It's interesting how we talk about it though, because it's, you know, where do they go, you know, moving forward with the character? What are your thoughts on, I mean, you're liking AJ Styles. What are your thoughts on Ace and Eights? Well, I, I think Aces and Eights is, in my opinion, I think Aces and Eights is going to crumble one by one. You know, they lost uh, they lost AC Connor. I mean, uh, D'Lo Brown, same thing. They also, um, I think you're going to see him somewhere along the line team up with maybe Abyss or possibly an AJ Styles in a tag match maybe against Aces and Eights. And slowly but surely, I think Aces and Aces are going to crumble one at a time. Interesting. How long do you think you give them for? Uh, I would probably say by the end of the year, they'll probably be probably no more, probably by the end of the year. You know, because they start out good. It's like the NWO. You know, when the NWO came out, people were looking at them like, you know, kind of like it's when you see a UFO. You're not exactly too sure what you saw, but you know you saw something. <laughs> and uh, it's one of those things where, okay, you know, they're they're cool. You know, they're awesome. They come out, they have this gangland style and everything else. And now I, th- I think it's just fizzing out slowly. I mean, it's not one of those things where it's going to crumble at the, at the foundation all at one time. It's just going to be one after the other. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, Thursday night I thought it could have been Jeff Hardy. And, you know, I was thinking maybe it might have been Jeff Hardy too until they showed the back locker room when all the Aces and Eights guys were laid out. And I said, ah, there's no way Jeff Hardy could have done that kind of damage. <laughs> it, it had to be somebody massive. And then I said, well, I wouldn't be surprised if Abyss came back. And as usual, before the main event starts on TNA, I usually fall asleep anyway. So I caught it on the internet and found out it was Abyss. But Did before like I go, I'd like to. Excuse me. Did you like the choice of Abyss? Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was good. Before I go, though, I'd like to get Dave's um, opinion on something that I left him before. I don't know if you can really uh, take what a lot of these wrestling sites say with a grain of salt, but uh, I guess. Uh, Powerbomb Pro Wrestling had put down something on their page that uh, Caitlin's secret admirer got leaked out. Um, and did you did you click on the link to see what it was? Yes, I did. And did you see that it was a picture of it was one of those like uh, animated pictures of, of Vince McMahon revealing the hood when he was the greater power? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. I saw that, that was, and I looked like, wait a minute. 
that that was a joke that was meant oh. to get people to just click on the link. It was it was a joke. Oh, okay. It just kind of hooks you in. Yeah, the, a lot of those sites do stuff like that from time to time. Okay, well, when I clicked on the link, I thought there was going to be Dave Rosenblum's picture up there. <laughs> oh, she is a, she's a fine-looking piece of ass. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not Layla might have something to say about that, Dave. Yeah, that's true too. Point. I got, a, got another. I got another one in my dungeon too. But uh, yeah, oh, no. There you go. Well, all right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you on Sunday for the pay per view, and hopefully, uh, Extreme Rules will be at least uh, at least a B at least a B pay per view this uh, this time going around. So we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see how that works out, and we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Cool. Thanks a lot for the call. Uh, and there you have it, Mr. Trivia. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. And we're going to we're gonna see the phones will go out to Mike. It's on the line. Mike, are you there? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Not much. What's going on with you? You want to get Justin to meet Edge. Edge is going to be at the Legends of the Wrestling Ring uh, in Monroe, uh, New Jersey, on the 8th. That's right. So, Justin, if you're still listening, June 8th. Legends of the Ring. I think that I'm offhand. I think the free plug, legendsofthering.com, I think is the website. Go check them out. Last night I was wa- last night I was watching Monday Night Raw and I seen Triple H and Brock Lesnar. I thought that was perfect that they let them wrestle, you know, fight in the cage, and uh, everybody got this, you know, everybody got to see um, a little bit of the peace that's going to happen um, to Brock Lesnar this Sunday. I absolutely think um, coming into this thing that Triple H um, will probably prevail and Brock Lesnar will get another loss, I think. Do you really? Yeah, it's funny because I, I, I don't. Um, we'll, I guess we're, we're previewing the predictions, but uh, if I had to pick, I, I think Lesnar's going to go over unless we see something scurry between now and then. But uh, I guess that's what makes for good wrestling is when, you know, you kind of – can debate and uh, differences of opinion, so that's good. Did you think that the uh, the ending segment on Raw successfully put that match over? Oh, I think that match. Yes, I think that match was definitely put over um, for Sunday night. The other thing I want to talk about is is really weird. This this Saturday night, um, BWO has a show coming up, and I've seen the list of people that are going to the show. Richie Rotten is going to the show. And I kind of find that odd, you know, being he's retired. I wonder if Richie Rotten's going to work some way into the in, into the, the matches. Well, you know, I mean, in wrestling, I think we, we all, aside really at this point from Shawn Michaels, I mean, no one really, no one stays retired. <laughs> yeah, well, no, well, how about Ric Flair? Ric Flair retired about 500 times. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Ric Flair uh, re- retired. Yeah, and the, and the other thing you guys are talking about was Shane Douglas. Shane, Shane, Shane Douglas is a funny dude, especially the fact that when he was in ECW, he drew down the NWA title, proclaimed it the ECW title, basically told Ric Flair to go ask himself. I mean, the guy's got balls, really. I mean, and and look what happened to the franchise. No, agreed. I mean, I, did I was. Did you guys like the friend, Did you guys like Shane Douglas when he was Shane? You know, the franchise. 
I, you know, it, it's not like I hated him, but I, I wasn't a huge Shane Douglas fan either. I mean, it was, you know, it was, he was a guy, I, I, like, I didn't despise when he was on my TV screen, but I, I wouldn't say I was a big fan either. He was kind of a middle-of-the-road guy. Uh, what do you think? I, I liked him when he was the triple, the triple threat. I liked that whole thing. Chris Candido, Bam Bam Bigelow. I, lo- I, I loved him in ECW. I thought Shane Douglas did a hell of a job. I remember when he was in WWF or E or whatever. But I don't know. I liked when he got caught in the off security when Raw took him right out in, on, on Monday Night Raw a couple of, uh, I think it was about a year ago, I think. Sorry, I do remember that. What were your thoughts, Dave? What are your thoughts on Shane Douglas? Um, I mean, I didn't watch a whole lot of ECW in its heyday when I did. I mean, his stuff was okay. Like, he, he, he cut a very intense promo. You didn't really get, like, he was, I wouldn't say he was over the top, but he was always intense in his in his uh, promo cutting ability. Um, his in ring work was pretty solid. It wasn't you know it wasn't anything to write home about. Um, uh, I mean, the Dean Douglas thing. I was I was a young kid at the time, so I didn't really care for it. Like the the, the teacher aspect of it at that time kind of worked. A lot of people look at it saying as a goofy character, but I mean, let's face it, most kids in school don't like their teachers to begin with, so. It, it, it kind of worked, but I, for whatever reason, it, it at least for me, it, it kind of the, the character worked, but it just didn't translate well on television. I mean, the stuff was, it, there wasn't really anything to write home about with him. And um, you know, when he came to WCW towards the end of of, of that uh, that company, um, they featured him in a lot of high profile uh, matchups. I think he had a run with Ric Flair at one point, but it was kind of forgettable. Um, I was kind of hoping, just because the, the 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 structure, the way WCW was, that guys like him and Booker T and Lance Storm and you know uh, Billy Kidman and those guys would would get an opportunity to to really showcase their talents. And unfortunately, the company went under. Um, I I mean, I guess the jury's out on him as far as his ability goes. Um, you know, I've heard New Jack in interviews say that he's the greatest promo ever, but. Um, if that means that you, you say the F word, you know, more times than you can count, then I guess that constitutes being the greatest promo ever. But I just wasn't, I really wasn't, there's nothing really caught anything to me with him. Like, I didn't really, I wasn't, you know, he he wasn't the, if Paul Heyman says he was probably one of the greatest technical wrestlers ever, I don't buy that, in my opinion. He certainly helped the ECW brand in its heyday for his wrestling ability, but he wasn't one of the greatest uh, technical wrestlers and greatest promo guys in the history of the business, in my opinion. A lot of people don't talk about him, and if they do, as you heard on our show tonight, it's in a negative light. So that goes to show, I guess, what kind of talent Shane Douglas has or had. Yeah, well, his, account, his, account, his accountability um, has been shot lately. So I've been hearing a lot of negative stuff. About Shane Douglas, so I don't know. But I, you know, as a as a wrestling fan, I always like Shane Douglas, um, and I would always like to see him in the ring. You know, for that matter, a lot of a lot of great wrestlers that I like. But this Sunday night, I'm looking forward to Extreme Rules. I am gonna order it, um, and it, we're gonna it's all gonna be set up, and it's gonna be a good. I think it's gonna be a good match. I think the matches are gonna be really good. But as always, guys, it was nice talking to both of you, and I will speak to you uh, Sunday night. Cool. Thanks a lot for calling. Take it easy. All right. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the paper is setting up to be 
pretty decent. Uh, you know, again, we'll talk about it uh, more in depth uh, on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of decent matches. And, uh, you know, they've set up, like, some legit heat between, uh, you know, the characters. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Three four seven eight three nine eight one five. We've hit TNA. We've hit some WWE. We, we've hit Shane Douglas. Uh, Luke Hawks on the show. So many things uh, this evening's show. Uh, we're going to go back out to the phones. Going out to Jersey. Caller, are you there? Hey, Ken and Dave. It's your old pal, Pat from New Jersey. How's it going, Pat? I'm loving the show tonight, man. I tell you, that Luke Hawk interview was fantastic. And uh, I, for one, would like to pay to see him and Matt Hardy go at it. Uh, and definitely he sells it well. So I really liked the interview. I thought it was great. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. That it's cool that you called and, uh, you know, check out uh, King Firehawk. Brother on Ironbound, waiting uh, in anticipation. <laughs> but uh, you you interviewed Shane Douglas. So interesting talking about Ian Cox and his, his thoughts on Shane Douglas. Uh, what were your thoughts in, in actually interviewing the man himself? Oh, first, thanks for that plug. I didn't... Uh call for that, but I appreciate it, my man. But uh, I got to tell you, Shane Douglas and Dave, I heard you talking about him. He's, as far as my favorite guys go, not necessarily the greatest, but in my favorite list, he's in my top ten. and He's my all-time favorite uh, ECW guy. I thought he was, I really still believe to this day that the model of what Triple H became in 2000, 2001, 2003, um, in terms of with the entourage with Stephanie and kind of with DX became the backstory to him in his entourage. That's what the triple threat kind of was like for me. I thought Douglas was a good wrestler until he really got hurt. And I thought he was a great promo guy, but it's funny because I think he followed in the footsteps of his uh, mentor, Paulie, where great wrestling minds, but bad businessmen. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that seems to be the case with him. You know, uh, I mean, I like I said before, like there really isn't anything like bad I could say about him, but there really isn't anything good I could say about him either. No. I, I, yeah. I guess, I guess maybe like you know, and and you know, you, you're you're a, 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 have a great wrestling mind yourself, but I just don't think like I don't know. It's just weird. It's with him. Like He's I guess I may have had, I guess I may have had to watch. I would have had to have watched more ECW in its heyday. To really, to really appreciate what Shane Douglas brought to it. I mean, I've watched a lot of older stuff, and you know, um, you know, going back now. But I guess I maybe you know had to watch it because I didn't get a whole lot of ECW in my area when it was on. I think he was given the greatest gift you could be given, and that was um, being allowed to uh, carry out and throw down the NWA title and take that rub for the rest of his career because it really did make Shane Douglas before that. And I don't know, you could call Shane Douglas maybe an upper mid-carder guy that, oh, look who's on the card, this guy Shane Douglas. And then after that, it really catapulted him, plus Terry Funk taking a liking to him. But uh, he's a bridge burner, and when I interviewed him, you don't really get to talk much. I mean, he goes on and on and on. And I I enjoyed him, but um, I just think even with SPW when he tried and Philly and stuff, he's, I don't think he's a great businessman. And, uh, you know, I think he'll give it another shot. I hear they're going to try up again. But the, the other reason I called you is because um, 
I didn't get a chance until Dave, you gave the report on what really went down with Austin Aries and all that. I, I was listening. I'm actually on the road on my way to Richmond, Virginia, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, he, um, you know what I think the big problem is there is that he showed her up in the ring. And they do sleaze with um, Joey Ryan for what I call television sleaze. So that's the way you kind of got to do sleaze there. So he, he went out there. She made a mistake with the introductions, as I understand from your report. And I just think besides gyrating in front of her, which, you know, it was pre-approved, I'm sure both parties would work it in the ring. I just think he more embarrassed her because he showed her up. And he showed her up on live television and in front of the locker room and everybody. And I think the sexual innuendos don't help the cause. But it's more of, you know, he goes himself. Uh, I think we just lost Pat. So uh, uh, thanks, Pat, for the call. Um, you know, as he was saying, I think he was articulating, and it – you know, honestly, it's a very interesting point and a point that we did not bring up. And, again, we're guilty of it. Everyone is. You hear sexual harassment. It's like that's the buzzword. But uh, the the aspect of showing up another performer. And in the wrestling business, we talk a lot about it. We talk more in the ring between competitors, uh, no-selling someone's move, uh, showing up, you know, your opponent, blah, blah, blah. Um, respect factor, respect, huge component in the world of professional wrestling. Um, it was a very interesting point, the fact that he wouldn't get down right away, that he really was pushing the mistake and really pointing out the mistake. Uh, you know, that that's an aspect of this whole story that we really didn't touch on. But, uh, Dave, great point by Pat. Yeah, absolutely. You know, something I didn't think of, you know, I mean, when he brought up Joey Ryan, I was like, oh, bingo. Like, it's the light bulb went off my head. Like, why didn't I think of that? But, you know, he kind of actually, in a way, he kind of stole somebody's gimmick and just used it on the fly. Um, you know, I mean, it's, like you said, it's the, the, it, sexual harassment, that's the word that gets tossed around, and that's what seems to stick, you know. It's the... It's the it, it, like I said, it's a real touchy subject, and you don't know what's going to come out of it. And, you know, I wouldn't be – if you see both parties on TV in the next couple of weeks and nothing's made mention of it, then that means something was taken care of and there was a mutual agreement amongst all parties if that could be the case. Or, like I said, they could just be working us all to get people talking to maybe eventually turns into a storyline. Who knows? So we'll have to just wait and see at this point. That would be absolutely tremendous. If there were, yeah, it would be great. Be awesome. I'd have no problem admitting to, to our listeners and to the rest of the wrestling world that, you know, I was worked because it would make for good, it, I, in my opinion, it would make for some, some intriguing television. Oh, without question. I mean, and it's something that, you know, we're, we're talking about. We spent a, a lot of today's show uh, talking about it. So, uh, you know, if it winds up being a storyline in the long run, uh, good for them. So, uh, lots of TNA stuff talking about. Uh, good show tonight. Thank you guys for calling in, uh, giving us a call. Again, this Sunday, Extreme Rules, we're going to give you the whole kit and caboodle as, as only we can. That's, uh, you know, it's half the reason we picked the Sunday time slot is that when there was a pay-per-view Sunday that, uh, 
we could give you a, a bona fide pregame show, and we're going to bring it this Sunday. Uh, personally, um, it's it looks like a good card, and we're going to go match for match. Uh, one thing I think we can talk about, uh, you know, interestingly enough, they, they came up with the pre-show match. Um, that seemed to be really just thrown together, Dave. Yeah, I think that I think that was more in terms of for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, Cody's a solid talent in the ring. They want to give him some time, um, give him a spot on the card. I mean, he'll get paid. I'm assuming he'll get paid as like as, as it's a pay per view card, um, for one thing. And secondly, they really have their sights set on making the Miz a babyface. So whatever they can do to get him on television, they'll do it. And uh, you know, he just returned last night. Um, you know, he, it sounds, I mean, he got a good reaction for a baby face. Like I said, his, his, the baby face run for me doesn't really stick, but um, they're really pushing forward and going with it. I mean, he, he just filmed a, a, a Christmas movie, so they obviously want to keep him baby face so he can help promote that movie, which I believe is on a Lifetime channel, I want to say. So if, uh, if Miz didn't lose his balls before, um, being on a movie on Lifetime is certainly going to take them away from him for, for, the, for the better part of his career. Um, and if you're listening out there, Miz, you're welcome. Um, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, that's just, yeah, it was just kind of thrown together. I think it was, all right, well, he's returning. Let's give him a match so we can reintroduce him to the audience again so they can figure out that he still sucks. <laughs> and then... Give Cody a time on TV because he's talented and, you know, we like him, but we're still not sure what we want to do with him, so we're just going to put over his goddamn mustache. <laughs> That's awesome. That's how I was squeezed in a little talk, like, right now, because uh, we're not going to go in-depth into that match and uh, talking about what's going to happen in, in the pre-show match. As the show's going I'll give, on... I'll, I'll give my prediction on that match. You know what my prediction is? I win, because I'm not going to friggin' watch it. <laughs> yeah, we'll be here. We'll be talking wrestling, so we'll try and get you the results. So be here, because it's a match you really don't need to watch, and, and we'll let you know who uh, pulls out that barn burner on a Sunday night. But <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll dissect and, and overly analyze... Uh, the entire card, uh, looking forward to it. I think it's a top-to-bottom solid card. Uh, we'll talk about the booking. Uh, we'll talk about where we can go as far as potential storylines. But Sunday is going to be all about the pay-per-view. And uh, I'm kind of curious. You know, I don't know this for a fact, but uh, you know, we've been doing this Real Fantasy Wrestling. And guys need to check it out, realfantasywrestling.com. Uh, you know, I wonder if they do something for the pay-per-view because that, that could be interesting doing a a paper pay-per-view fantasy wrestling, but uh, it's been enjoyable so far, getting our feet wet, learning how to do the fantasy wrestling. And to be honest, as far as a go-home show last night, that was one of those shows that I was really psyched that uh, I was playing fantasy wrestling because uh, I wasn't a big fan of the show last night. Uh, but it kept my interest because I wanted to see how my fantasy teams were going. So good stuff. Sure, check out realfantasywrestling.com. Sunday, all about the pay-per-view Extreme Rules. Remember, we are taking Memorial Day off uh, this year, so enjoy yourselves on Memorial Day. If you're jonesing for a little Ken Reedy show, uh, you know, want to go and check out an archive show. You know, you can check that out. Remember, May 31st, uh, the Cancer Benefit at the Pepper Mill South in Congers, New York. 
we present Tap Out Cancer. 20% of food and drink will go towards uh, the American Cancer Society, as well as 100% of our raffle monies will be going towards the American Cancer Society. Great show tonight, Dave. Had a lot of fun. Uh, again, we're a lot of different uh, things talking about. Uh, I would be remiss not to thank uh, Luke Hawks. Spending a little bit of time with us. Love, uh, you know, love when guys in the business just are on and they're candid. And uh, Luke Hawks is very candid about the business. And this Sunday, in addition to Extreme Rules, the tugboat is going to be on. Fred Ottman is going to be spending a little bit of time with us. So, uh, good stuff to looking forward to, Dave. Yeah, you know, for our listeners out there, some of our new listeners who have never listened to us before, and this might be your first time tonight, we just, I just want to let you know we're a variety show. We give you the good, the bad, and the ugly in professional wrestling. And if you want to hear some of the ugly, check out the archives of, of Sunday Night Show, particularly my news break when I give you some breaking news about some 338-pound man buying Dolph Ziggler's ring attire and then wearing it to the beach. You'll be highly entertained by, by that news report as well as the laughter of one Ken Reedy and where the rest of the show took place. But overall, I thought tonight's show was a great show. I'm not going to toot my own horn like Tugboat was. Toot, toot. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and that's just it, man. We try and keep it light. We It, it is kind of a variety show, and and thank you all, everyone out there that, you know, has continued to support us and call us. I mean, that's the fun thing. And you guys are as much a part of the show as the two of us. And that's why we kind of let the show just kind of breathe and, and, and go on its own. And uh, more than anything and more than trying to, you know, portray how much we know about wrestling, uh, we want to make sure we entertain you for two hours. So uh, thank you guys for calling in and being a part of the show. And, uh, Hopefully for uh, two hours we, we gave you some entertainment. And you know what? We are kind of in a quiet case. Come on back on Sunday. Listen to us a little bit more. Listen to us dissect the pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a good time. And give us a call. Remember, the number is always 347-838-9815. TKRS Nation. You always bring it strong. And uh, thank you so much. Again, we'll be keeping you posted as far as the Ironbound situation. Uh, we're looking at about a month to move into the new studio. We will keep you posted. So for now, on Tuesdays, it was right here on the KenReadyShow.com or Blog Talk Radio. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. For Dave, I'm Ken. Have a great evening, everybody. <laughs>